and welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on weird old movies and such. As per usual, I am your host, James Eldred, and who do I got back from the down under today? You've got Reese Flemish Dog back here, actually talking about Australian movies this time. Yes, my yes, you you were qualified to be on today's episode because you're Australian. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Thank you're you. Australian and not racist, as far as I know. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, Australia. Um. Anyway. Uh. Sorry. I. I have. I have. I've had Australian coworkers and. Oh yeah, they'll Ooh. they'll be they'll say some of the worst shit ever and be Ooh, like, oh, yeah, what? yeah. I, I was surprised. I learned words. Anyway. Um. Today we're not going to be talking about racism. I don't think. I don't know. No, we're good. No, yeah, we're today. Good. We're good. Yeah, we has a happy fun time. Good, good time. Happy fun movie. Good time. Happy fun movies. We are talking about. Uh, we have a Brian Treacher Smith Grant Page double feature, 1976's Death Cheaters, followed by 1978's Stunt Rock, yeah. uh, a double feature because if you if you combine the plots of both of these films, you might have one story. One, yeah. Maybe on Maybe. a good day, but before we talk about um, illustrious '70s facial hair and people setting themselves on fire, Reese, uh, have you seen anything else good recently? Uh, I've uh, been—I just got the Eureka Blu-ray of the 1975 Bullet Train. Uh, oh yeah, I gotta watch here. that. Yeah, yeah. Is that a good movie? It's pretty good. Yeah, even for uh, its length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I own the old Blu-ray and I haven't yeah. watched it yet. You've got you've got a very sweaty Sonny Chiba as a train conductor, doing very little but being very much on the edge. And you have a bunch of like middle-aged Japanese men in suits looking very angry, right? Yeah. Sign me up for that. Yeah, uh, it's great. Yeah, that's that's my aesthetic. I do I do want to see that. Is that transfer good? It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's the Eureka Blu-ray. So yeah. that, that's that's basically speed, right? It did basically speed. I think yeah. uh, Mr. Yonder Bond has said has said as much. Yonder Bond will come up again in, yeah. in today's podcast. Mm. Um, but I have been I haven't been watching a lot of movies lately, which is strange for me because there's a new Muppets series. Oh yes, the so I've been mainlining Muppets Mayhem, which is a yeah. great show, and I recommend it. Um, it is it is truly mayhem of Muppet variety. It makes Meet the Feebles canon. Oh, great. That's so, all we need. That's all. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen Meet the Feebles, and I don't want to. You don't need to, I don't think. It's too It's too much for me. Like it's Muppets, are, Muppets are happy, fun times for me. And yeah. I don't do want to see them do drugs. I don't think so. Not heroin. No. Maybe mushrooms. Maybe. Yeah, like yeah, I would love. I would. I mean, there was an episode of the Muppets Mayhem where they where they eat expired marshmallows, which basically gives them an acid trip. So that's uh, you know, as much as Disney will let them do. Bless yeah, them. that's fine. That's get, let me have Doctor Teeth hallucinate. That's okay. I don't want to see Miss Piggy, you know, on, on chasing the dragon. No. Um, some re- recent films I've seen. I uh, um, I want to mention. Maybe I think. I'll mention the past two. I watched uh, Rockula, which is one of the last Canon films, although it was not released by Canon. It was made by Canon and didn't come out until 1990. It was made in like 88. And that stars Dean Cameron. Dean Cameron is in Bad Dreams, which is a pretty decent horror movie. He's in Summer School. And what was another movie I saw him in? He's the pizza delivery boy in Men at Work. Ah, okay. 
That's his biggest role, sadly. And as a as a sexually frustrated vampire, there's never any blood sucking in this film. He's just a mortal. That's the only real thing. And that he's cursed to continually fall in love with a woman who will die uh, out two weeks after he meets her. Tales all the time. Yes, tales all the time. And his mother is played by Tony Basil. Oh wow! Yes, and the bad guy is Thomas Dolby. <laughs> um, stealing the show. He is great in it. All right, I'm gonna have um, to take this out. And it also has Susan Tyrell, who was in Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. And she, and Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley's there for like a minute. And you're like, Bo Diddley, what the fuck are you doing here? It's a musical? Um, well, yeah. It's not good. It's, it's, but it's not bad. Like, I, I gave it three stars on Letterboxd, but I wish I could give it like 2.75. Yeah, just like, it's not a 2.5, it's not a 3. Just Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the most average film. Anything worse than it is bad. Anything better than it is good. It is the medium. But it is it is at parts hysteric some parts are genuinely funny, some parts are terrible. It's a very strange movie. It's like if you're in America or you have access to American Amazon Prime, whoever whatever means necessary, uh you can watch it that way on Prime. I do recommend it because it was so strange. And then I watched a 1987 film called Wild Thing. Which is by written by John Sayles, um, and directed by nobody, a guy named Max Reed, um, and it's about it's basically Tarzan in the city, but it's not Tarzan in Manhattan. That's a different movie, different um, movie. which I also have watched. It's about a kid whose hippie parents are murdered by drug dealers, and he lives in the he he becomes homeless and lives with a, with a bag lady, and then he becomes basically like Batman but with no shirt. Um, it has um, the wild thing is played by Robert Nepper, who is a nobody actor, um, but he's from he's from he's from he's close he's from Ohio, close to my hometown, so that's funny. And it has Kathleen Kathleen Quinlan as Jane, because it's Tarzan, and uh, the bad guy is Robert Davy, who is one of the brothers in Goonies. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's in Showgirls and Predator Two and good films. Um, this should be better than it is, uh, but it's kind of fun. Like I watched it when I was a kid because my dad had no understanding of appropriateness. Um, and as a kid, I remember like two scenes, and then I watched it like last week. And like, yeah, I can see why I forgot this movie. Yeah. Not that it's okay. Um, it is funny though because like the Jane is a fucking idiot, so she is like from Wisconsin and moving to the city. They don't say what city. It's the city. I think it's supposed to be New York, but it is clearly uh, Vancouver. The or big Toronto. city. It, it's, I think it's Toronto. You can see a Toronto. like. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm going to the big city, don't you know? Yeah, exactly. And she's supposed to be helping out at this youth center. And this one kid says he used to do crack. And he's like, crack? What's that? And I'm like, motherfucker. It it's is the 19- 80s. It is 1987. If it was 1984, yeah, okay. Maybe. Okay, sure. Maybe. But you're a youth worker in 1987. Motherfucker, watch 60 Minutes. Do they have television out there in Wisconsin? I tell you. And, like, um, Wild Thing is totally ACAB. Uh, and uh, she is always like, no, this cop's okay. And then he's not. Of like, course every so. single every time. time. 
And huh. even when they are okay, they still fuck it up. So it's like, no, it's not, not all cops. No, lady, all cops. But it's still also there's a scene. The, the opening takes place in 1968, 69. And there's graffiti that says, that says remember Kent State? And now it's 1970. Yeah. I, so, I will remember it in two years then. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the little boy, when, when Wild Thing's a little kid, he jumps in the river to escape the bad guys, and he's like three years old, and the stunt, the stunt kid is clearly like 15. <laughs> so it's, it's, again, that's on Amazon Prime, and if you like some silliness, um, you can do a lot worse than that. It is written by John Sayles, so the dialogue is quite good. Amazon and, Prime, you're home for just absolute anything you want. I mean, Prime, Amazon's an evil company. We can agree yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. But Amazon, but Prime has good shit. Um, Prime is like the most, in my opinion, the most ethical streaming service because it has a bunch of old garbage. Yeah. And so like old garbage. That's what I want. That's why I quit. That's why I cancel Netflix because it doesn't have any old shit. I want old. I'm, 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 I'm a sad man in my mid forties. I want nostalgia. Yeah. Give me, Give me Amazon and Tubi. I'm, oh. Yeah, Tubi. Tubi is a dark, dark beast, but it, it has that has that's how I discovered Bloodbeat as from last week's episode, last week last last episode. So yeah, but anyway, those are some two recent ones. But speaking of stupid shit, <laughs> Brian Trenchard Smith. Brian Trenchard Smith. Bless that the, man. Bless that man. That madman. I previously talked about Brian Trenchard Smith eons ago on this podcast when I did a double, a, another another double feature episode because Brian Trenchard Smith's films, plot wise, thin. Um, when I talked about BMX Bandits, ah, uh, and um, Rad. BMX Bandits, yeah. BMX Bandits, better movie than Rad. Yeah, um, because Rad's a bad movie. Um, but today both movies are by Brian Trenchard Smith. Uh. But first, we'll be talking about Death Cheaters, which is actually one word, Death Cheaters, yes. um, from 1976. And, uh, Reese, what is your history with this film? Uh, when you said you wanted to do a Brian Trenchard okay, that's fine. feature, uh, I, got the div- I got the Blu-ray uh, and, and watched it. That's my history with this. Same with Stunt Rock? Or not? Uh, no, I had Stunt Rock before. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. yeah, but you you did you did know who Brian Trenton Smith was? I am familiar with his oeuvre. How did, how were you familiar with his work? Um, I had a uh, VHS tape of the Roadshow VHS of uh, uh, Turkey Shoot. Turkey back Shoot. when I yeah, back when I collected uh, VHS tapes of that kind. Now I'm okay. collecting VHS tapes of a different kind. Yes. Uh. BMX Bandits. Uh, vaguely knew about Frog Dreaming because I had a recording of that from TV somewhere. Okay, in America that was called The Quest. Yes. The uh, Dreamtime Aboriginal sort of thing. Yeah, that's why I heard a word that I don't know if it's a bad word, so I won't say it, but it's another way to talk about Aboriginal people. Mm. A shortened form. Is that a bad word? A little bit. Whenever you, whenever we shorten a ethnicity to uh, two syllables, it's usually a slur. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Frog Dreaming is a good movie. Hmm. It's an interesting one. Uh, I that, I will probably talk about that someday on this podcast. I, I do. Oh, like uh, day, and uh, Day of the Pinth, Panther and Strike of the Panther. I'm familiar with that as well. Too. I don't know those. Um, what what are those? Those are. Uh, 
karate films starring uh, an actor I cannot remember, but the uh, character's name is Jason Blade, which is beautiful. Is it Edward John Stazak? Yes, that's it. Jason Blade? Okay. Um, those uh, are from the late '80s. Are those any yeah. good? Are, are they are they bad? Are they a fun bad? Are they a they're, good? They're, or... they're fun bad. They're okay. They were sort of filmed back to back because they were like, well, you know, why not? I think okay, the fir- yeah. I think the first one ends on a, a cliffhanger, so they were, did it back to back. Okay, okay. I yeah, Brian Tretton Smith's filmography is strange. It's 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 you know if he'll follow the money if there's something going on and or or, or a director can't perform or deliver something get brian in and uh get it done sort of thing because like so like because he started out like that's a banger you know like um with man from hong kong ah brilliant film which is one of the greatest 70s action films uh all-time classic movie and then he followed up with this death cheaters and then something called hospitals don't burn down it's a short film <laughs> um and then Stunt Rock, which is what it is, and we'll get there. Turkey Shoot, which I don't like. Just fair. But a lot of people seem to like it. Um, uh, BMX Bandits, yep. Frog Dreaming, Dead End Drive-In, and then, man, this Ooh, kind the of 90s, falls... Yeah, the 90s and 2000s are not a... Yeah, the Panther films, like you said, the, uh, the Siege of Firebase Gloria, which has decent reviews, that has Wing Hauser in it. I wonder if he's drunk. Um, but then Night of the Demons 2, which some people seem to like, and then Leprechaun 3. Yeah. That, which that's is good. A, I think that was a bring Brian in to fi- finish it, I think. But then Leprechaun 4. Yeah, well, yeah. Where else are you going to go? He went to Vegas into space. He doesn't yeah. do the hood ones. No. And then he did some Christian movies. Look, if there's money in it, yep, sure. Uh, that D- that Timothy Bottoms DC 911 movie, mm-hmm. um, which is like very strange to watch in 2023. Britannic, which is like the sister ship to Titanic TV movie, um, with fucking Jacqueline Bissett in it, and it's just it's just kind of sad what happened to him. His last movie was Drive Hard in 2014 with John Cusack and Thomas Jane, um, which I guess is quite boring. Mm. But uh, seventies Brian Pritchard Smith, just Mwah, chef kiss, Mwah. chef kiss on fire, just completely insane. Like, and a lot of that is because the man loved his stuntmen. He is a stunt lover. <laughs> he he. he that's my apparently... favorite. That's my favorite Judas Priest song. He apparently um, did a lot of uh, stunt work on his own as a teenager and stuff, just filming dumb shit and being like maybe i maybe i like directing more than i like actually getting hurt well he he is he's in man from hong kong mm. and he gets the shit kicked out of him yeah and apparently for real yes because uh george lazenby the lays as i like to call him mm-hmm. uh <laughs> accidentally uh got on fire because of a weird incident involving yes. gel uh fire gel coming off and accidentally burning him yes but no actually but also like jimmy wang you beat the shit out of brian smith on camera (laughs) because he hated him because jimmy wang you was a piece of shit yeah uh he was a murderer (laughs) 
<laughs> like in real life, he killed someone. Uh, he was involved with the triads. He was a he was super racist against um, um white people, especially women. Apparently, just a real bad, horrible person. And there's a scene in that movie where they fight, and you can tell a few of those hits like a landing a little bit too hard. Looked like it hurt, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie does not have that. This, this movie has Grant Page, and we'll get to him in a minute. But I do want to talk really quickly, like, behind the camera, this movie has a lot of talent behind it for a oh. stupid movie. A very disposable sort of, look, I've got I've got things together. Uh, I can make a film. Yeah, because the, the story of, of Death Cheaters is basically two stuntmen are hired by the government to do a thing. Yes. That's it. And um, with a lot of padding. A but, lot of padding. That story was written by a guy named Michael Cove, who still writes for Australian TV. Probably the easiest writing paycheck he's ever had. Why is that? Is Australian TV not of good quality? Oh, no. uh, Just because Death Tutors is such a thin plot, it's probably just like, yep, there we go. Yeah. Thank you. I'll take my money now. He's written for um, something called Heartbreak High. Oh, yep. The... Teenage drama sort of thing, yep. Uh, a Place in the World, State Corner, um, A Positive. I'm just reading because I don't know what they are. Rafferty's yeah. Rules. Oh, yep, yep. A Country's Practice. Country Practice, that's a big one, yep. Yeah, um, The Oracle, it's from the 70s. And a lot of like documentaries too. And something called Dinosaurs in the Outback, which now I want to see. Well, now I have um, to see that. Oh, that's a documentary, uh, never mind. It's not about... It. Yeah. Oh, we found some bones. Great. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that's what it is. But he has won a Penguin Award. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. A lot of the Australian awards sound like fake award names. Like if, like almost like a stereotype of an Australian like fake award. Like, oh yeah, the, you're talking about the Logies. The Logies. Well, Logie. it's named after John Logie Baird, uh, the inventor of television, of course. Oh, uh, well, fuck I believe. Me, I'm sorry. I believe Graham. Uh, uh, I believe Graham Kennedy uh, came up with the name of that. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. What, no, what's it's the, okay. Oh, it's it sounds dumb. You're right. Yeah. Well, then, then there's the Augies. Please uh, <laughs> go go ahead. I, I cannot. I can't. I can't. Well, that's the that. Australian Writers Guild. Yeah. The AWG. We love we love to just shorten things down. We love it. Augies. Yeah. Ah, right, Augie. That sounds like a racial slur. <laughs> you fucking right, Augie. Get those augies out of my neighborhood. Anyway, um, it's not a real racial slur. Don't cancel me. Um, but yeah, so he's an award-winning writer. And then behind the camera for this movie is fucking John Seal. Who, who uh, is uh, Academy Award winner. Uh, not- you, might know, you might know his work of from Mad Max Fury Road. You might know his work from... Okay, so Mad Max Fury Road is like... I mean, that's like easy mode for Australian cinematographers, right? That's like, <laughs> the, of course he's going to do that. But he did Witness. He did Rain, Rain Man. Man? Yes. English Patient. Oh, English Patient. Cold Mountain. Um, BMX Bandits. Uh, the Hitcher. Children of a Lesser God. Stakeout. Girls in the Mist. Dead Poet Society. Lorenzo's Oil. The Firm. The Paper. Beyond Rangoon. American President. Ghost of Mississippi. City of Angels. Talented Mr. Ripley. Perfect Storm, the first Harry Potter film, Dreamcatcher, Spanglish was a bad movie, the Poseidon Adventure remake was a terrible movie, and the Prince of Persia movie. Oh, so, 
That's a lot of work. Good That's for him. a lot of work for a very disposable film. This is his first movie. Uh, before this, he was a cameraman on Man from Hong Kong. There we go. Um, so Brian Trenchard Smith, good eye for talent there. Yes. Um, I will say this movie <laughs> looks quite good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we could almost well call shot. Brian Trenchard Smith the Australian Roger Corman almost. Could you figure figuring out good uh good talent early on? Yeah. Did, did did anybody else break through from him? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> But I like to say I like I like saying that. I, I know good. the cinematographer from Stunt Rock also also broke through. We'll get to not as not as much as as um this guy, but the cinematographer from Stunt Rock, he did a lot of stuff in Australia. And I can't think of any actors who broke through from Brian Trichard Smith. I mean, hey, I haven't seen Leprechaun Three. So yeah, I don't know. Well, um true. or Aztec Rex. No. Yes. Or there's the Arctic one. I forgot the name, like the Ice Age movie he made. Anyway, weird career. But that's um, yes, behind the camera, real big talent. And in front of the camera, also, this is a pretty stacked movie, if yes. you know Australian actors. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I mean, I'm sorry. It, 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 this, is, this is a very, this is, a, this is an Australian ass Australian movie. Yes. Um, because it has, um, as our lead, I guess Grant Page really is, who would you call the lead in this movie? Would it be, um, John or Grant? Uh, Grant does a lot because John uh, got into an accident during yeah. the filming of this movie and sort of had to rewrite the ending scene. So I okay. say Grant. I say Grant gets a lot more uh, screen time than John here. But I believe John is top build. Sure. Yeah. Because he's like an actor. Yeah. <laughs> and um, by by this point, by 1976, he was already in quite a few things. Mm. He was in um, uh, Mad Dog Morgan. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant film. Has one of my favorite, best ending line in any movie. And what is don't it? For- and don't forget the scrotum. This is true. Yes, it's beautiful. I mean, it's 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 true. And he was in um, a lot of TV movies. Uh, I know Don's Party. Yep. Uh, Graham uh, Kennedy's in that. So there's a <laughs> very small world in, in Australian film and TV. <laughs> Yes, and immediately after this, he was in Lost Weekends. This is a great movie. Mm, that's uh, another Umbrella exploitation uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, and he became a pretty big actor in the eighties, from from what I know. Right? Do you, did you did you know him before you saw this movie? Did you know of him? Was um, it before your time? Yeah, a little bit before my time. But yeah. there's there's things in here that I've uh, I've heard of. I, I I read two different biographies of him, and one they they both one used the term quintessentially Australian, and the other one used the term essentially Australian. I like so, that. You know. He's very Australian. Mm. Uh, a plus mustache. Oh, yes. Um, but uh, and I, think, I, think, I think I think Brian calls him Errol Flynn mustache sort of. It's thing. a good mustache. Yeah. It's a good. It's one. a really good mustache. He plays the lead of of the two the two stuntmen turned well, the, the war, soldiers turned stuntmen turned kind of soldiers again. He's he's Steve Hall, and he's kind of in charge. I guess I guess Grant it, playing Rodney is more the side. I guess he's not the idea man. He's the I'm the gonna light myself on fire man, which yes. is an important man to have. It's important. Yeah. Yes, but John Hargreaves unfortunately he passed away from uh, HIV in '96. Uh, so that might be why people don't know who he is. He was kind of getting even more popular. He was in a Sam Neill film. 
country uh, life called, here. Called country life, which yeah. um I recognize the box of from the video store. Sure. Um, yeah. But I, I I have never seen it. But I think that's probably like post Sam post Jurassic Park Sam Neill, even if it is an Australian um period drama, is gonna get made gonna get a good release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um but the real star of this movie is Grand Page. Yes. Yes. Of both movies, really, yeah. Well, I yes. mean, of definitely of Stunt Rock, yes. Yes. Um, who is Grant Page? He is uh, a very uh, talented uh, stuntman in uh, at least over 100 films, uh, yes. if you read his uh, IMDb. And he is crazy. He's, 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 he's insane. He'll do he'll do anything. He's just like, yep. There's a great. I think, I, I think they explain like they'll go to a place that they're going to film, and he'll go like, okay, I can hang off there. I can you know slide down that. I can you know do that. He just he you know he he'll enter a space and go, this is what I can do. Yes, and then he'll do it. And allegedly, he's only broken one bone. But I think a lot of the Brian Prince Smith said he's only said he's broken one bone. He's only been to the hospital for breaking one bone, because um, he's had some snafus, especially in Stunt Rock. You see, you see one, and we'll get there when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. But he is just there's a great. Okay, so have you ever seen Not Quite Hollywood? Yes. So that's a great documentary about Australian exploitation film, and if you like this podcast, you should watch that movie. Absolutely. Um, and there's an interview with Jamie Lee Curtis because she was in Road Games, which is a great movie, also. And Brian Shutter Smith is in that movie, and he does a stunts in that movie. And at one point, see, this very incredulously said, he's still alive. <laughs> like, he's not dead. Because, yeah, weird. Amazing. Yeah, because weird. Because, like, he lights himself on fire. He gets hit by cars for real. He jumps through windows. He'll, he, he, he's one of those people who, like, their brain is just not the same. No. And I was, there was a great documentary called Free Solo about, about um, free solo mountain climbers, you know, and they they did an MRI of the guy's brain, and basically what they found is he he senses fear, he has fear, but his brain doesn't respond to it the same way. Mm. So I have to feel that's that's Grant Page. Yeah. <laughs> well, as as I as one of my friends put it, Australians are just UK people, but their brains are sunburnt, so. It affects their brain. I can make the gratuitous Australia was a prison. Yes. Comment. Um, yes. Yeah. There's that too. Yes. He he is. He's a special man. He's he's wonderful. <laughs> yes. He's and again he's still alive. He he worked in a film from 2020 called The Legend of the Five. I would imagine at that point though he was coordinating and not actually doing the stunts. Um, because he was born because he, he's he's an old man now. Like he. He should not be setting himself on fire. Stunt performer in Gods of Egypt, apparently, 2016. That's the last one where it says performer. Oh, God. I hope he didn't do... And he he did the... He, he was a coordinator for the that shitty mechanic movie. This, the, the sequel to the mechanic remake. Um, which I have not seen those because the original mechanic is fantastic. And I love Jason Statham, but I, I have a limit. Come on. Come on, Jason. Yeah, come on, you, you can do better. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. But he also, if you haven't seen a Brian Trenton Smith film, you've seen him. You've probably seen Grant Page in Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe uh, again, Road Games is a great movie. I'm looking at oh, No Escape, the Ray Liotta movie. Uh, apparently, he's in Mr. Nice Guy, the Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, uncredited, but yeah, uncredited, but he's there. So, oh, The Island, which is a terrible pirate movie, which I kind of recommend, written by Peter Benchley with uh, Michael Caine, who oh, wow. comes across um, pirates led by David Warner who have been on the same island for like 300 years, so they're all like all inbred and crazy. Um, <laughs> that's not a good movie, but I, I recommend it. Um, it's a it's a it's a glorious mistake. So yeah, all oh the day after Halloween, which has an amazing fire stunt that is also called Snapshot. Mm. Oh, the uh, uh, American film City on Fire, which was uh, on one of the KTMA Mystery Science Theater episodes. Yeah, that's the one that killed disaster films. Yeah, it's so bad. I haven't seen it. So yeah, so he got around. Yeah. Um, and again, he can still walk, so good for him. Good on him. Um, that, this is really their film, but this movie is really stacked with supporting actors. Um, Brian Trichard Smith's wife, Margaret Gerard, is in this and Stunt Rock. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's funny that probably among certain circles now, she's more famous than him because she is apparently a well-known American Byzantine historian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's bringing in the money? It's probably her. Probably yeah. her. Probably, probably her. Yeah. And then... Of the supporting cast, is there anyone you recognized? Uh, Nolferia is yeah. uh, a particular one. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a year out here from being on a regular on our version of the match game, which was called Blankety Blanks, hosted by Graham Kennedy. I keep coming back to him. Okay, who? I'm sorry. Who's Graham Kennedy? Uh, he is the king of Australian television. He basically started off uh, this whole thing. He had a show called In Melbourne Tonight. Uh, he's 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 uh, royalty. He was royalty. Okay, okay. I didn't. And I didn't... Uh, gay and and uh, yeah. So there we go. All right, good. I'm yeah. glad we got one. All yeah. right. So yeah, no Feria. He's he's fun. He's a like um kind of a big dude. Mm-hmm. Um, plays an aristocrat. He plays Cole Pepper, kind of like the man behind the scenes, like spy person. Uh. I recommend. I recognize Roger Ward. Sure. Yes, of yes. course, as the police sergeant because he's in Mad Max and Man from Hong Kong. He is a big man, and he's in Stone, which is a yes. fucked movie. Um, he he has the most Australian filmography because he is in Mad Max and Young Einstein. Oh yes, yeah. So, what's that guy's name? Yahoo Yahoo Serious, right? Yes, he's yes. Australian, right? Yep. Is he is he a thing in Australia still? No. Okay. <laughs> and I think he, and I think he's got weird uh, views on things. So. Ooh. Okay, I'm looking know. at that right now. Let's see. Um, ah, not that bad. Yeah. Not that bad. Uh, not good, but not like not. I would. I wouldn't cancel him. His you website. Can't... His website's still stuck in the 1990s. I oh, believe. let me see this. Let me. Oh man! Wow! Oh man! Yeah, I believe he is. He is always on the lookout for uh, 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 investment money for uh, whatever he's up to. I watched Young Einstein like eight hundred times mm. when I was a kid. I have a friend. I have a friend of mine who probably did the same thing, and thus is like, "Look, it's not good, but I watched it a lot as a kid." So, what do you? I mean? I really. I mean, I have not seen it since nineteen eighty eight. I know. I don't think I should, but maybe I should subject a friend to it who hates me. Um. <laughs> yeah 
But no, Yahoo Serious, not in this movie. Um, no. I don't Somehow. really... Well, for now, <laughs> yes, director's cut. Um, a few of the people who were in a lot of stuff, um, a guy named Robert Cotterhill. I don't know who he plays in this. I forget. Oh, Ra- Ralph Cotterhill, yeah. Ralph Cotterhill. I think he might be. Is he the guy? Is he the impeccably dressed man? That's not um, somebody else. I believe so. Yes, and he is in Howling 3, which is a great movie. And he is in an, a Japanese-Australian Ultraman movie. That's yes. Was this? I think this was filmed like by the South Australian Film Commission or something. And it was never released in Australia. Yes. So very weird. Very strange. Very strange. Very strange. Um, I also do like Gloria, uh, the uh, Judith Judith Woodruff Woodruff, who is the most Australian woman I've seen in a movie in a long time. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> she is down. Yes. Um, I like her a lot. I did not. I want to bring her up because I did not know there was an "Are you being served in Australia?" Yes, uh, uh, which did have John Inman. Uh, he came down to do it, and it okay. was basically just redoing scripts from the UK series, which I guess you could get away with in 1980. Yeah, because we didn't have the internet. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, well, uh, not, a lot of people don't have VCRs yet. You can just sort of just get away with it. I just like uh, how it's called "Are you being served in Australia?" I prefer uh, Are You Being Served Down Under, of course, which uh, gets into Entendre, but I don't think they were that uh, <laughs> thinking that far ahead. But. That's a good, that's, that's funnier, you're right. I, I, I just like, I want, they said the, you know, why wasn't there Cheers in Australia? Exactly. Faulty Towers in Australia. Uh, I'm sure somewhere in a vault there is some sort of thing. Yeah, but I just, this, this, the simplicity of the title is, is yes. hilarious to me. But that that's about it, I think. Uh, also, a very good dog named Bismarck. Yes, that's right. He's a good, very dog. big, very floppy-eared bloodhound. Cheaters is a film when not much happens. <laughs> no, you're just sort of hanging out with two guys. You're just sort of hanging out with two guys and doing you kind odd of, jobs, doing sort of. odd jobs, and you kind of get that from you from the production. Yes, because this was made for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, shot in four weeks. They had to film it entirely in the daytime because they didn't have enough money for good film nope. at night. Shot on sixteen millimeter, blown up to thirty-five, and you can tell. You can tell. Um, uh, original title. <laughs> cunning stunts. When they have those t-shirts, those sweaters in the movie, those, cunning stunts. Uh, I, a few years ago, I was live tweeting me watching this movie for the first time, and I took a photo of that part when they have the shirts, the cunning stunts. And somebody who follows me was like, "This is an Australian movie, isn't it?" Yeah, we, <laughs> we love a good spoonerism. The good spoonerism. Yes, that's if, if, if you if you can't figure out why why cunning stunts is funny. Um, yes. Well, but, uh, I believe Brian was like he 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 said I want to call it cunning stunts, and someone said you're not getting away with calling it that. It's like, oh, why? No one's going to call it stunning. And, ah, that, why, and that why, basically why? just he was just like, okay, I have to concede. Sorry. Okay, fine. 
Yeah, waka waka waka. If yes, Brian, uh, if Brian isn't selling those shirts, he's missing out on a very lucrative. Uh, oh man, side I, mean, I, I, I give me a. I need a two XL tall, <laughs> um, which is always the problem. I can never get a tall. No. Um, being six and a half feet tall sucks sometimes. Yes. But yeah, give me a six and a half. Yeah, I can wear that in Japan. No one would know. No, it. You know, <laughs> it would fit in with all the other nonsense English that. Yeah, yeah. Like, that pervades Japanese culture that I yeah, love. And, and Japanese shirts. Give, give me a shirt that says, like, I can't, I, I can't, now I can't, now you put me on the spot, I can't think of any. Um, I know that, I know there's a shirt that just says diarrhea. And and somebody told them, like, do you know that what it says? And they're like, no. And they told him, and they went, oh. I've seen, I saw, oh, I saw, um, there was one that said coming soon. Um, it's beautiful. And there was I saw one that said "Job bless you," uh, which oh, and um, um, life is better when you're laughing. Keep smile. Yeah. Um, and then one more. Sorry. Um, riding a bicycle, we can go anywhere. Take me home. Look! Look! They wear nonsense English on shirts. Guys will get nonsense tattoos of stuff they saw on a Chinese menu. It's it's a cultural exchange. It's yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a cultural exchange of yeah. I, I always tell my, my my students get mad at me when I make fun of them, but I'm like, no, you can make fun of an American who has a kanji tattoo for no reason. Yeah, I can make fun of an, of a Japanese person who unfortunately has a racial slur and shirt and doesn't know it. <laughs> uh, which has happened. Um, yes, but moving on, uh, but yeah, the movie was made to be kind of like a family action film. Yeah, they sort of tried very hard to get a the G rating on it. So a G in Australia is that the same as a G in America? Yeah, basically. Uh, I've got the seventies rating system here. We've got oh, okay. G what is it? Uh, for general exhibition. We have NRC, which stands for not recommended for children under twelve. So I think they were trying to avoid the uh, NRC rating. Okay. Uh, then we have mature, and then we have uh, restricted. So yeah, I think it was just trying to get. Uh, G rating to you know get the widest distribution and probably to get it on some double double features and stuff like that because that's basically where this movie was fated to you know just yeah because double like, features and stuff like that and they and they pre sold it to TV so that when they they when they were making the film it already made money yeah uh, channel sl- channel nine is the is a, a co producer at the end yeah yeah. So that's why the story is so simple. So the story of of Death Cheaters is um, Grant and and um, John play Rodney and Steve, who are two Vietnam vets who became adrenaline junkies during the war. Yeah, as it happens. As it happens, and decided to become stuntmen for commercials. That's right. Yeah, and they are rec- then recruited by a shadowy government agency that's not that shadowy. Um, very innocent. To go to the Philippines and get a MacGuffin. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and that that part of the story doesn't happen until about half an hour after into, so, uh, into the film. Yeah. So the first like twenty minutes is nonstop action. Yeah. You see That's how you get them. That's yeah, how you get them in. Yeah. Opens with them filming a mid- a medieval action scene for a commer- for you find out a commercial. And then they are filming another commercial and they witness a police chase and they help the police capture these guys in actually a very good chase sequence. Yes, uh, that gets into a, um, what is it? Uh, the Warringah, Westfield Warringah Mall. 
Yeah, I couldn't have. I, I, how do you say that? What Warring? Warringer, yeah. yeah. It, it would be an Aboriginal name. We have okay. a lot of that, the Aboriginal uh, place names. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, and that's the same wall in BMX Bandits. Yes. Yes, that's how uh, I recognize Apparently they, sh- they shot it on the weekend when uh, it was closed. We didn't have uh, weekend shopping at the time. Oh, and, they just got, and they just called people out and said, look, we're shooting a movie if you want to see it being done. And thus they got a lot of people just to populate them all out yeah. so that it looked... It, it is very convincing. It, it doesn't look like it's being shot on a on a close day. Yeah. No, no, totally. And so they they help the police capture some bank robbers, and then the police are like, "Well, the bank robbers trapped these guys in a safe. Can you help get an airline there?" Yes. And then so Grant Page descends the side of this building because he's a maniac. Yeah. That scene terrifies my boyfriend. Oh, it's it's ah, uh, it makes you. Fingers go numb just thinking Your fingers? about it. You want to say oh, fingers? Yes. I, I have I have heard it described by more than one person as it makes their balls go on their chest. <laughs> and uh, while descending, we see a sign for uh, the Walton's department store, which is a department store which no longer exists. Aw, uh, but I do have I do have some commercials for it, featuring Benny Hill of all people. Oh God! It's, so that's the that is the Australian version of Montgomery Wards and Gremlins. Yeah, uh, Montgomery Wards no longer exists. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I have seen commercials for that on, on YouTube. But anyway, uh, that seems great because you find out then that the airline he's pumping in is for an aquarium. Yes, it's just it's this, for, this from the from the top of the building down, you know, down the halfway through the building just for this tiny little, you know, box aquarium. For a fish it, named Bruce. Yes, bless him. The most Australian name. And because you find out this is all a ruse. Yeah, the it turns uh, out, yeah, Culpepper uh, is he's there. Then kidnapped, um, while while they Grant like is, yeah, they, they kidnap them uh, very lightly while Grant is getting ready for a date, and you, you don't really know what's happening with the other guy. And they find out that they want them to help, they want them to do something, and they won't say what it is. Yeah, but they get time to think about it. You get to see some more stunts. <laughs> You get to see Grant Page prepare for a date in the most amazing shirt ever. Very pirate, very pirate shirt. Yes, that those and then that girl. I don't know what her name is. That actress, that blonde. No, but she. Uh, they they film a girl walking up in these ridiculous hills, and they she does trip, <laughs> and they just left it in the. But I'm not, you know, her heels are one thing. Her top is something else. Oh yeah, that's just 1970s Australia. Just I mean, like I can't believe that got them a G rating. Yeah, well, yeah. Because like she has that thing where like if her top moves one millimeter, there's nipple. Yeah, you're getting. Yeah, like getting like like at all, and they're barely in there. Yeah, um, no, yeah, no. Wardrobe department, good job. <laughs> then they go back to Culpepper. Culpepper tells them they have to infiltrate a Philippine base and get some documents. That's when we meet Gloria. Oh, Gloria, I love, a, I love a sloppy dog. Gloria has the best lines in the film. She does. All, all the best lines are attached to her. Like she says, she does. Grant says she does good research, and she says that's not that's not my best asset. Um, Grant asks Culpepper if she's single, if she's married, 
and he comes and says, no, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> and then Grant asks if she's busy tonight, and she says, I'm washing my hair. Do you have any shampoo? <laughs> um, and they are immediately a couple. Um, yeah. And they'd be fun. Like, I oh, bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Um, she is also, like, so at some points in this film, she is barely contained. <laughs> Yes. It's very it's, yeah. it's hot. It's hot in Australia. <laughs> is that why Grant's is that why Grant Speedo never fits? <laughs> yes. You get this was this G-rated film has brawless women in sweaters. And very tight speedos. Very tight speedos that, that go down past the crack. It's not. This is not a villas people can't stop the music level of G, which has a dick in it. <laughs> no, they they, they do I, avoid that. I like to mention that anytime I can, but yeah. um, it is pretty. It's pretty pretty crazy for a G. But you know, I feel like I don't have a lot else to say about this movie. I don't want to spoil the ending because mm, yeah. that's why you watch it, and I don't want to spoil the stunts. The stunts are crazy. Yeah. Um, that's why I watch it. I do want to mention really quickly the music. Oh yes, the, the that theme song. Which is by a woman named Carrie Bidel, Carrie Biddle, Carrie Bidel. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Um, she apparently has a few albums in Australia. So next time you're in like the bargain bin, um, Carrie Bidel. Carrie uh, her, be- her I guess her biggest album is called Compared to What? Which I don't know. <laughs> Carrie Bidel compared to what? I don't know. Oh. Uh, she was Dusty Springfield's backup singer for a while. Oh wow. Um, okay. And so there you go. And this movie uses a lot of library music yep. because it's cheap. Yep. And I reckon I am the kind of idiot who collects library music. I do too. I've got, <laughs> I, when <laughs> a that? friend of mine, when a friend of mine uh, took over a radio station, he was like, Hey, Reese, do you want like all these records? And I'm like, yes, oh, please. And they were just yes. full of production music. Yeah. So like the library music is by Michael Vickers, who is a Manfred man. And all of the Mo- Mogi stuff is him. Ooh. And uh, I imagine most of the more bombastic stuff is by Johnny Pearson. He, yeah, KPM yeah. Uh, mastermind. And he did Heavy Action, which is the America's Monday Night Football music. Yeah. Yes. Very bombastic stuff. Um, and I think they use the library music very well. You can tell it's library music. Yeah, it's, if it's, you know what you're listening for, because it doesn't really 
fit perfect, but it's close enough. It's a little bit older in in uh, style sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, and the quality, like the audio quality, is not as good. Because he's got it off a disc. Because he's got it off a vinyl record. Yeah. yeah, you know. I always it's always fun when you hear library music in a movie. Like if yes. if like um Rock and Roll High School uses library music when oh, it's not wow. using the Ramones. I could and, probably yeah. <laughs> and I'm the type of person who can tell. I'm like, oh yeah. 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 So but yes but yeah, not much else to say. The movie did quite well, like we said. Um reviews were fine. There weren't a lot of reviews for it. No. Um because nobody cared, but people seem to like it. I think it, it has aged very well. Yeah, and it is a good. It remains, aside from maybe the copious cleavage. Um, yes. If that is the kind of thing you don't want your kids to see, and I don't know why you would, but whatever. Um, it's a. It's still a very good family friendly action film that is front loaded and back loaded with action in the middle kind middle of middle things. Yeah. Yeah. But the middle's funny. Yes. That's where you get those good bits of Gloria, um, good dog humor. Um, yeah. And for a 70s action film, not very sexist. Like the girls no, don't yeah. the girls do not do much, but they're treated as humans. Yeah. So Brian, nice. Church, Brian uh, said in the commentary that he wishes that uh, his wife like joined them in the mission. And I agree. That would have been great. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. But I'm sure she'd be like, no, I'm not up for that. I'm not gonna do that. Like, because yeah. she's in, she doesn't do a lot of stunts in either no. film. No, um, no. But she is in both films, and I feel like, yeah. So watch Death Cheaters. I don't know how to watch it on streaming. Um, it's available on disc, and if there is a certain Mad from Hong Kong Blu-ray that just has Death Cheaters and Stunt Rock on it as bonus features in SD, but you know, good enough. Good. Uh, but I think. Death Cedars, while probably objectively speaking, a better film yeah. than the next movie, I think the next movie is our main feature. Yes, absolutely. Stunt Rock, made in 1978 with Brian Smith again. Um, one of the stupidest movies I like. Yes, it's very stupid. But it is. It, it knows and it has fun. Oh, so, um, Reese, what's the plot of Stunt Rock? <laughs> uh, Grant Page goes to America. Uh, checks out a band, uh, helps a very Dutch woman, uh, with some stunts, uh, and then more of the band. There we go. (laughs) I, I have said that Stunt Rock is a entirely unique film in that there's, there's no conflict. No. Not really. It there's no there's, there's one no very quick shot where uh, Grant and one of the uh, members of uh, Sorcery, who we'll get into, uh, get accosted by the police. But it's a very quick scene. But and again, was, that was real. 
And that was real. Yeah. That was real. Yeah. And, you know, a cab. But if I saw Grant Page in that outfit in, in L.A., I'd stop him, too. Yes. <laughs> not not uncalled for. No. Um, but character development, conflict, the hero's journey, the basic no, foundations just, just, of a storytelling, a three-act three structure. Again, we're just sort of hanging out. No, it has no... There's no... No. It's, there's, there's, it's, it's hanging out. And so the inspiration for this film was basically... Brian Tristan Smith was like, people like stunts, people like rock. What if we combined what these What if we two combined things? them? And originally he wanted to get, uh, I think it was Foreigner. Yes, yeah, something like that. Foreigner Some... or Journey, one of those two. Yeah. Um, to, to, to be the rock band. And then, and then Grant Page would do stunts with the rock band. But he couldn't get any band of note. <laughs> no, even though he was promised by uh, the Dutch... Yeah, uh, so this is. I want to talk about. Okay, I have to talk about the producers for this film because this is so. There were a lot of producers. Most of them haven't, didn't do much, and most of them were Dutch. And the they gave Grant Page kind of like uh, rules. They would give him almost half a million dollars for a movie and a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a soundtrack. The movie had to have a Dutch lead. The yes. movie had to be filmed in L.A. The movie had to be in Dutch theaters in by the end of June. This was March. Go. Uh, th- thankfully, Brian works quick. Yes. And so that's where the impetus for the lack of story comes from, I imagine. Yes, um, What can we do quickly? And this is all about what can we do quickly. Like the movie uses stock footage from other films and from Garden 60 Seconds quite substantially. Um It's just a very simple film of let's see some stunts, let's see some rock. So... Grant Page plays Grant Page. Um, He goes to America to see his cousin, who is managing a band. The band is Sorcery. Sorcery. Goodness gracious me. So I love me a good glam band. I love me a good prog band. I like theatrics. Sorcery is one of the stupidest bands in the history of music. Um, Look, they, they, they had a gimmick. They... By God, they did it. Their gimmick was, let's do live magic on stage while we rock. Why not? And No one I, else is doing it. And so, Sorcery was a five-piece, uh, vocals, guitars, keyboards, drum, bass. I found a couple interviews with Perry Morris, who was the drummer. Uh, he gave, And so, I believe Perry Morris might be prone to hyperbole. Sure. So, takes of a grain of salt. But he said, in an interview with the Overlook Theater in 2019, um, he says that Sorcery was formed in 79. They got the stage show really quickly. Uh, but because of their elaborate stage show, they could never play small gigs. No. But very quickly, they were playing huge gigs, pretty big small gigs, like at the Whiskey A Go-Go and sure. major clubs in L.A., um, Cheap Trick and Van Halen opened for them, allegedly. Wow. Not the other way around. No. I would believe mid-70s Van Halen would. I'm surprised mid-70s Cheap Trick did. Um, yeah. Because they already had, a, already had albums out. But yeah. um, apparently one night Grant Page saw them live. And, and he said, he was like, we need these guys fell. in a movie. Yeah. Um, 
the the what you see in the movie is the stage show, except for one song, "Burned Alive," which never, never did live. Um, they the only real embellishments are um some better effects for like some of the like the capitation effect and stuff like that because it's it's playing for for a movie, yeah. not for stage. And they had a different keyboardist in the movie, a guy who wore a mask and talked with a modulated voice. Yeah, um, that was. <laughs> That was very interesting. That is not the real keyboardist for for this band. Um, he's only in the movie. Um, they had Perry had nothing but nice things to say about about the making of the movie. Yeah, he really liked it, but he says they never paid, mm. which makes sense because the major producer for this film is a guy named Edward L. Montoro. So, um, he founded Film Ventures International, which was oh a boy. pretty big garbage studio uh which i don't even say of love they made bad movies um, yeah beyond the door which is a terrible italian exorcist ripoff by the creators of the visitor um massage parlor murders to date one of the worst films i've ever seen wow grizzly which might be christopher george's worst film which is really saying something yeah sure um Day of the Animals, which is not terrible, but if you want to see Leslie Nielsen shirtless wrestle a bear to the death. Boy, howdy. You're not yeah. going to get any... <laughs> Look, yeah. you, you don't have a lot of options. Yeah. get Sign me up. Turn on to dim the lights. And he made Great White, a.k.a. The Last Shark, which is the film that was with uh, Vic Morrow, which is so much like Jaws that Universal sued them and won. Yes, and... Very deservedly so. Very deservedly so. Like, this is not like a blurred lines, like, copyright's bad situation. No, they were right. <laughs> they were right. And apparently that really hurt film ventures in the early 80s. So in 84, uh, Edward Montoro embezzled a few million dollars in the company, fled the country, and he's never been seen again. <laughs> Living it up in Brazil, probably. Something yeah, like somewhere in South America. He's probably dead now. Um, Probably. He was born but, in the 30s. He could still be alive. Who knows? <laughs> nobody nobody will ever know. He completely <laughs> vanished. To be honest, that's kind of baller. <laughs> yeah, great. Why not? I mean, nobody can, nobody can do that now. No. No. Only, no. only in the 80s could you do that. Yeah. Only until the 80s. Once you yeah. get like the internet and smartphones and shit, like, no. It's but he, 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 he pulled a D.B. Cooper. Yeah. He's gone so i would believe that he never got that no one ever got paid sure, <laughs> for this yep. for this movie um going back to sorcery for a second i have this album the stunt rock soundtrack it works better live as 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 sorcery does you know given yeah the song the- i would say this the 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 title track stunt rocker yep. probably the best song in the movie best song on the soundtrack um they're not. Then, look, the sorcery is not a very good band. <laughs> they're, they're not. Uh, but this is not their only fucking movie. <laughs> Somehow, yes. So after this, they did some Dick Clark Halloween specials because, of course, they did. Of course, that's just and what you're doing. Because, well, I mean, they're the right band for it. You know, they're they're they're, they're idiots. Um, and because of that, they were asked to be in another film called Rocktober Blood. Oh, yes. Have you seen Rocktober Blood? I haven't, but I'm aware of it. 
don't see it. No. It's terrible. Um, but the songs are better. <laughs> um, in that movie, they play a band whose singer is a, was a serial killer and then was executed but comes back to life, or does he? Um, and that has some good songs. That has a great song called Rainbow Eyes. Maybe I'll put a clip of Rainbow Eyes in here. It's pretty good. By that point, the band was different. People had come and gone. Um, I believe the vocalist for that album is Nigel Nigel Benjamin, who was in Mott. Not Mott the Hoople. Mott. Um, And allegedly, these albums also have Joe uh, Pocaro. Um, That's what the Wikipedia says. I don't know if I believe him believe them because he's not credited and he's a big deal <laughs> um he played a silly dan and madonna i don't know if that's true but um rocktober blood's okay the soundtrack's okay the movie's terrible um they released one more album way later in 2000 that was recorded in 87 and that the vocalist on that is david glenn isley he was in the band i can never say this band's name gerfria gerfria G I U F F R I A. Um, that is you a fan, yeah, named after the keyboardist. Oh fuck! Um, from the band Angel, which was also like barely successful. So I don't know how this worked out. Gerfica, Gerfra, whatever the fuck, fuck, goddamn, they are the most AOR like milk toast like. 80s glam rock band you could imagine um like they opened for like deep purple in the 80s they're very but not they're not as good um they're not good they're not good um if you do like like if you think like steelheart or cinderella is too heavy oh then maybe go for them they're not good and that is kind of the end of um sorcery there was a live album there's no year on that i don't know when it came out um Again, they're not a good band, but I respect them for their stupidity. And God bless them. <laughs> yeah, God bless them. They had a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, sometimes that's all you need. And the people behind the gimmick. So also, the album was produced by Jimmy Haskell, who produced Blondie in Chicago, Mickey Nelson and Sheryl Crow. <laughs> oh, so wow. there's so. that. And the Magicians. <clears throat> so there are three of them. There's a behind-the-scenes guy named Ken Whitaker, who worked at David Copperfield. And then the guy who played Merlin. So the magicians aren't the the magi- the magic is not by the band. They're playing as there's magic. And Merlin is a guy named Paul Haynes. And this is kind of sad. So um Paul Haynes had a company called Creative Illusions. He did work with Siegfried and Roy. And then in the 2000s, he created a massive. So see if this sounds familiar. He combined rock music and magic for a show called Spellbinder, The War of the Wizards, a rock and roll illusion spectacular. 
Oh, I'm sold. Uh, it apparently cost between three and eight million dollars to make and was a massive failure. Oh, those uh, very picky Vegas audiences. Come on. They wanted to go see Cher, I guess. I guess. Um, or what's his name? Um, um, Wayne Newton. Uh, sure. You want to see magic? Wayne Newton's fucking face. Anyway, that ah. surgery. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I haven't heard anything from him since. And then the guy playing the devil, Curtis James Hyde, he apparently went back to the underworld because he's fucking vanished. I can't find a goddamn <laughs> thing about him. Um, but uh, Grant Page and Sorcery, although the film is called Stunt Rock and Grant Page is the stunt and Sorcery is the rock. There are some other people in this film. Yes. Um, Margaret Gerard, or Brian Tristan Smith's wife, is back um, in her other film with him. And the Dutch, the Dutch component yes. is Monique Vanderven. Yes. Now, is she a real, she's a kind of a big deal. Yes, I, I, I have some Dutch, uh, I have some Dutch relatives. I have a friend who's Dutch and, uh, 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 they said they call her the actress of the century, and, wow, spe- and, spe- and specifically mentioned Turks Fruit being a very famous Dutch film that she's Turks in. Turks Fruit is that a sex thing? I have no idea. <laughs> she's in a film I've always wanted to see called Amsterdam. Oh come on, that's a brilliant title. Come on, that's no, by Dick Moss. Dick Moss did um, two killer elevator films. He did the lift. And, oh, the lift! Yeah, oh. the lift. And what's the other one? Um, down. Also called also called the shaft. <laughs> uh, and that has that's an early um, Naomi Watts movie. Um, uh, it's a remake of Lift. I've always wanted to see the lift. When I was a kid, we had at the video store in the box. Fucking terrified me. Um, or, or is it in Dutch? Der lift. Der lift. Der lift. Starting Hoobstoppel. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm being racist. Um, it's a stupid language. <laughs> I'm saying it. It's my mom's, technically my mom's first language, even though she was born here. I'm, al- I'm allowed. Is there a big Dutch uh, Australian community? Uh, yeah, a lot of them came over after the war. Yeah. Well, it's better than being from South Africa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Don't get me started on the fucking Afrikaans. Those those Dutch. Um, Two more people of note. um, Playing, oh, 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 Monique is very good in this movie, too. Um, uh, And she does her own stunts. Yes. She does a pretty baller, like, um, wall climb at the end. Yes, uh, which I think was her first ever go at it. And uh, so... It's a very genuine shot of her at the, uh, sh- going down, and she's she's having fun. It's fucking fearless. Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't. I'd be dead. Yeah. Um, also, she was married to John DeBond. Mm, there we go. <laughs> um, which is I just kind of interesting. Um, playing her agent is Richard Blackburn. Richard Blackburn wrote and directed *Lamora*, a child's tale of supernatural, which is a very well acclaimed uh, horror film. I have not seen. Um, no. Nope. Kind of hard to find, and he also wrote Eating Raul, which I have seen and I fucking love. So that that is Par Bartel and Mary Warnoff, mm-hmm. amazing movie. And playing uh, an assistant for one scene and two very, lines, very briefly, 
is Phil Hartman. <laughs> Apparently, to uh, bulk out the uh, cast at the at the studio set, uh, they got uh, his improv group, the groundlings, or whatever. The groundlings. Yes, the groundlings, to just sort of do busy work, making it look like an actual working set. So he's in it. He gets two lines. It's very obvious. <laughs> it's that it's him. You can hear it. Yeah, it it looks like him. You know, it's too bad they couldn't get John Lovitz. Also, he was a, he was a groundling, um, yeah. probably probably of that era. Like, I don't probably, know yes. other ones from that era, but the groundlings. That's for, if you, that's Paul Rubens, um, mm-hmm. Sherry O'Terry. Um, I'm looking at a list right now. Melissa McCarthy, um, Will Forte, Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, J.J. Abrams was there for a while. Sure, so, yeah, pr- pretty big, pretty big improv or, or comedy company. Um, yes. But yeah, he has two lines in this movie. Uh, and it's technically his first. Technically his first. He made it before. <laughs> he made it two years before the Gong Show movie. So there we go. He's in the Gong Show movie, uh, which if you can find a copy of the Gong Show movie, speaking of train wreck, speaking of movies that have no plot. <laughs> yes. If you can find a copy, I I used to have a bootleg of the Gong Show movie. Um, I don't know if let's see. Um, oh oh oh, so South Factory released it in 2016. I have to buy go. a copy of the Gong Show movie, and it hurt my friends. <laughs> that has the footage. Have you ever seen J.P. Morgan take a top off? Is in that movie. Um, yeah. Good good, it's a good bad movie. Um, and then that's that's about it for the cast and. Mm. Yeah, as as little as we talked about the story of <laughs> Death Cheaters, <laughs> I feel it's kind of a kind of a strange episode because we can't really talk about because nothing happens that you can. Yo, there's some stunts. Yeah, Grant Page goes to America. Grant Page goes to America. He does some wacky shit. He climbs some buildings. Um, they show like ten minutes of gone in sixty seconds. I think I think it's more like a ninety, but it would have been great if it was sixty seconds of Gone in sixty seconds. That'd be really good. Yes, you and they do it in, in split screen. Um, they show they saw that TV footage. So what TV show was that? Oh, the Don Lane show. Uh, he was the Sydney. He was an American who came down here to Sydney. He was basically the Sydney version of Graham Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> again uh he had a his own variety show uh so when you see uh grant page go through uh get hit by a car and the windshield cracks which isn't supposed to happen uh <laughs> that is uh that is the don lane show and i guess they used it because uh don lane of course has an american accent and so it might read like it is actually happening in america <laughs> so i guess that's why they use it uh Grant Page would later go back on the Don Lane show to redo that stunt, and he did it successfully. Okay, uh, well, which, that's good. Yeah, yeah. which is great. Because yeah. in the movie, they show that stunt like it's on TV. Yeah, and, and it's happening um, in America. But, it, but of course, anyone who's watching this in Australia would go, wait, that's just Don Lane. <laughs> Very famous television. Well, person. nobody watched the movie, so it doesn't matter. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, so because in the movie, like he goes to America <clears throat> to see his cousin, who's managing, who's managing um, sorcery. He gets into an accident. Um, Lois, that's the reporter played by Margaret, sees that she's looking for a story. She so follows him around. 
he uh, climbs out of the hospital early <laughs> in a great scene yes. where you can see his ass. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I feel like like the, the majority of the movie is Lois just, Lois is following Grant Page around as he's doing stunts for this show, uh, Undercover Woman, Undercover Girl, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's obviously Police Woman. Like that, that, that's a real show. Although yes. why she's dressed like a um, evil Knievel, I don't know. Um, <laughs> in the gold lame and everything. Yes, uh, and you get to see on the sh- on the show set, you get to see some pretty amazing stunts. There's a good water tower fall. Yep. There's a very good um, flying through windshield on fire. Yep. There's a scene where uh, uh, Monique gets to uh, fire a gun to the uh, behest of her manager and. Uh, there's one person who's very clearly ready for it and one person who is not ready for it. And he <laughs> yeah. jumps in his chair. <laughs> guns are loud. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Guns are loud. I'm an American. I, can, I have. I, I trust me. And then when they're not doing stunts, they're going to see The Rock. Yes. And th- it is complete performances. Like, it is complete songs. Yes. Uh, t- to sell the album, I'm sure. To sell I think the that, album. that was the reason. Yes. Much As, as Brian Trudeau-Smith says, much stunt, much rock. Yes. Um, and also, there's footage from other movies in there. There's footage from Death Cheaters. Since Margaret's doing a story about Grant Page, he says, you know, well, I did this stuff in Mad Dog Morgan. I did, uh, you know, all this stuff. And she gets into the history of like stunting itself. And we get some great uh, B roll archival footage of that. Yes, and we get great footage of the Mad Dog Morgan stunt. Yep. Which is a crazy stunt. Oh, jumping backwards on fire so that they can replay it forwards because it's a weird uh, dream sequence. It's great. Mad Dog Morgan's a crazy fucking movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> I don't know if I like Mad Dog. I, I've only seen it once, and the copy was a terrible, because Trauma owns that. Oh wow! Okay, and the Blu-ray that the the DVD I watched back like in '08 was non-anamorphic widescreen, Uh-oh. so it looked terrible. Um, but it is Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hoppering it, yep. um, to the fullest, and that's the movie that when he was making it, he was so out of it that he was banned from being a passenger in a vehicle in the country, and was driven to the airport and asked to leave. Well, when you when you're too much for Australia, you know. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, but like, there's no real conflict between him and Lois. No, like she's just kind of like, you're gonna kill yourself. Like, no, I'm not. No, no. And later on, to kind of harangue her into going out with him, she he gets on a high wire with what looks like the world's oldest wireless phone. Yes. And calls her and then dangles from a wire until she says yes, which I guess yes. is kind of abusive. Um, <laughs> Get out with me or I'll jump. Yeah, I'll, yeah. And that's the biggest conflict. Yes. Nothing happens. And then the end, the end, the stunt and the rock combines when Grant Pays does his rope stunt, like sliding down a rope onto the stage. Yes. Stunt big finale. Big finale. The end. Boy, this and, and <sighs> we do get a title drop. This this mix of stunt and rock. 
let's call it Stunt Rock. Yeah, and then she's writing for a magazine called Tempo, which is clearly Time magazine. Yes. And she's like, this is going to be the next big thing. This is going to be the cover of the magazine. And I'm like, you'd be fired. Um, <laughs> movie movie ends. Everyone's happy, except everyone who made it because the movie bombed. Yes. <laughs> um, unlike Death Cheaters, I could find reviews for Stunt Rock. And yes. I want to reread a few of them. Um, Brian Crystal Smith at the time hated this movie. Um, he's come around to it. I think it's, he's made worse. So maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe. But I'm going to read some reviews. This came out in May 1980, around the same time Friday the 13th was around in theaters. It probably grossed less than $10,000 in America. <laughs> like nothing. And I'm going to read these reviews. Here is from, from my adopted hometown where I lived for 10 years, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Marilyn... Riccio. She was offended. <laughs> um, the bottom line is that no film could be worse or do worse business than Stunt Rock. So why not risk a little artiness and book something sustainable? Stunt Rock is the kind of movie that should never be made. Ouch. Uh, the fact that it is playing at the showcase cinemas is an insult when there are so many good films available that Pittsburghers never get the opportunity to see. Ah, oh, those poor Pittsburghers. Come yeah, on. Yeah, you know, they got, they're, they're too, this is the 70s. They're too busy watching football. Um, <laughs> and good baseball. The Pirates are good then, too. Sure, um, yeah. Then in Roanoke, the Roanoke Times, Chris Gladden, um, he liked it. Kind of. He said, as bad as the writing, directing, and acting are... <laughs> <laughs> the movie, to be fair, the movie does have a certain appeal because it actually does resemble some of the less memorable '60s B-grade pictures, right down to its use of split screen. It seems mm. quite happy with its own stupidity and exudes an amateurish energy. Yep, yes, I can't deny that. <laughs> and another review. This is the entire review. Stunt rock is exactly what the title suggests. Movie stunts and rock music, sometimes together, sometimes separate. Pieces. It's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. So, uh, Reese, do you like this movie? I liked it better than Death Cheaters because yeah, me too. The, yeah. We, you know, I think the the music helps a lot. Uh, with I think. That. Um. I I when I watched Death Cheaters for the first time, I liked it more than Stunt Rock. Um, because it's funny. Yeah. But it's not as but it's a comedy, so it's not as funny the second time you watch it. Yeah, it's not there's not a lot to come back to. That's the problem. But it 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 does what it set out to be, a movie which you'd probably see once and get your money's worth out yes. of the ticket price. Now, Stunt Rock, if you are drunk or otherwise inebriated or altered, it's one of the best movies you've ever seen in your entire life. Absolutely. And it is the kind of movie you can watch with a room full of people who are talking nonstop and you will miss nothing. Absolutely. Yes. It is. Perfect. It, yeah. It is a perfect party movie. It's a perfect drunk movie. It is just, it is a perfect movie. When you, when, when I like to say, like I, I bring this up a lot, like on Twitter, people get angry when, 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 when someone says things, was, things were simpler when I was younger. Sometimes that's actually true. Sometimes, look, you could make a movie like Death Cheaters, and you could make Stunt Rock. You could not make Stunt Rock now. I'm not. That does not mean things were better. It, it just means, means things that... were simpler. Simpler yes. does not always mean Maybe, better. No, that's right. Yes, but 
I'm going to say in a world where you could make stunt rock and get it released in theaters and at least one person would see it and like it. Good on you. That's a simpler time. <laughs> um, I own two copies of stunt rock. I own the DVD and the Blu-ray and I own the soundtrack, which the soundtrack on vinyl is equally stupid because it is two discs, one picture disc, one regular vinyl, but they're both the same soundtrack. Oh, wow. So uh, I am a stunt rock super fan and a stunt rock apologist. It is right up there with How the Duck for me in terms of like films I will defend until I die. Um, it's better than How the Duck. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so better stunts too. Um, and less, less abuse of little people. Yes. As far as I know. So I recommend them both. Yes. Um, but I think we're in agreement. Stunt rock is a superior film. Absolutely. Uh, and if we're going to be perfectly honest, if you got to recommend one Brian Trenchard Smith film, it's Matt from Hong Kong. Yes. That's the one to go. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one to go. Or Frog Dreaming, uh, honestly, sure. I think is, is, is worth a while. Depending on what you're into. If you want to see a good family film, um, Frog Dreaming, a.k.a. The Quest with Henry Thomas, it's a good family film. If you want to see the most uh, bonkers 70s action film, Matt from, from Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. If you're drunk, Death Cheaters, Stunt Rock, double feature. Double feature, yes. Double feature. You don't need to think um, ever again. So, yes, uh, good times for all. Uh, not much else to say about either of these flicks, though. I, I You know, that, that's, why, that, that's why we did both movies. Because <laughs> yes. an episode together, of, together, we can sort of talk about them. Yeah, I can't think of any. I like to recommend films like these films. I cannot think of any film like Stunt Rock. No. <laughs> Um, or really, Death Cheaters. They, they are they are unique. I would say if you haven't seen these films and you watch one of them and like them, watch Not Quite Hollywood. Yes. With a pen and paper in hand. Yes, and and watch make a this list. movie. Watch this movie. Yes, absolutely. Watch, yeah, because if you like, because then you can watch Road Games. Yes. Or you can watch. Um, Fair Game, which is a fucking awesome movie, uh, which I should really, which I should really cover on this podcast at some point. You should watch um, Mad Dog Morgan, absolutely. Um, Dead End Driving. Oh yes, Patrick. Oh Patrick. Uh, Thirst. Soul Survivor. Snapshot. So many like that. That um. That documentary will give you a list of films like Australia is more, Australian action movies is, is more than Mad Max. Oh, but I should rank these. I forgot to do that. Um, oh, yes. I haven't done that yet, actually. So let me open up my list. Let's see where things go. I haven't put it on here yet, but let me see. So I, Death Cheaters. Let me give you a link to the list, uh, Reese. One second. I would say, so I have BMX Bandits at 45. I would say Death Cheaters is not as good as that. No. So it's better than Natural Born Killers. Sure. It's probably better than Seeds. 
I'm going to say it's better than Gone in 60 Seconds because it has a story. So I'm going to say on my list, I'll add it later, Death Cheaters will be number 40, will be number 50. There we go. Out of 70. Not and as good as Terror Vision, but... Not as good as Terror Vision, but better than Gone in 60 Seconds, better than Thrashing. Um, thrashing stunt, gets a thrashing. There we go. Stunt Rock. Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um... Let's move up the list a bit here. Well, it's not as good as Phantom of Paradise. It's not as good as Action Jackson. I would say it's not as good as Ninja 3. Mm, yeah, but it's I've better than Shakedown. There we go. So right that is number, the new number 42. So they're very close. <laughs> yeah. On the list. Very uh, fitting. They're middling. I mean, they're good middling, but they're not... They're not the middling from my list, I would still highly recommend both films. Like, I think I gave them both four and a half stars on Letterboxd because um, Stunt Rock is just, oh, such a great, you know what, I might, let me think. No, I'm going to make, I'm going to say Stunt Rock is better. I'm moving Stunt Rock up to 35. Oh, wow. It's, it's better than, up. it's better than Dead or Alive. It's better than the Google 13. It's better than Foul Play. Better than American Ninja 2, better than Action Jackson, better than Race of the Devil, better than Ninja 3. Not as good as Family Paradise, not as good there as Flash Pants. 35 with a bullet. What a, what a, what a, what a, what a rise. What a rise, yes. A me, 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 meteoric. The more I watch it, it might go up. Someday it might beat Psycho 2. Probably not. Anyway, um, anything else you got to say about these films? No, that's, yeah, that's it. That's, that's about it. Uh, yeah. Check them out. Yeah. Stunt rock out with your stunt. Anyway, um, that's <laughs> that'll be it for today's episode of Cinema Oblivia. Reese, where can they find you online? Thank you. You can find me um, pretty much anywhere as Flemish Dog. You can check out the uh, uh, collection of my uh, off-air video recordings on the Internet Archive. I'm on Twitter a lot. <laughs> I just opened a Letterboxd account. Yeah, I think uh, there's for probably that. not a lot. There's, there's not a lot there, but I'll. If you I'll, ever uh, got like an hour to kill, just go and like rate that. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Because I I love Letterbox. That's my new favorite 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 site. Yeah. Um, because Letterbox is a great way to find good bad movies because they're more honest. Like, yes. Like Q on Letterbox is a three point two out of five. On the INDB, it's like a five out of five, five out of ten, five out of ten. Fuck that shit. No, Q's a masterpiece. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But um, have, so last time we talked, I think your latest good discovery was a very high quality rip of the William Shatner Rocket Man. Oh yes, um, that was very good. Have you found anything else good recently? Have I? Have I? Oh um, I've got a lot of episode. I've got a few. I've got a couple of episodes of the uh of the very controversial Sex Life, which was a Channel Ten show. Uh, talking about uh various uh different things about sex and uh very late night sort of show uh i think i've got an episode about trans people which might be a little bit iffy <laughs> considering Probably 19- less iffy than most co- co- um discourse about it today yes uh stuff about you know bdsm that sort of stuff okay uh, it's probably an interesting look at the seventies, at the nineties, at, at the nineties look of uh, of sex, and what they could probably, you know, what they could talk about on 
still late night television, but still. So this is Australian TV. Yeah. Is, is this is this like real sex on HBO? Not not that not that graphic. Not that graphic. About that. Yeah. That's, okay. That sort of that sort of caliber show. Yeah. Talk show about people doing it. Okay. Yeah. And if you want to find that on the internet archive, it's sex slash life. That's how it's stylized. Stylist sex life. At least that's how I stylize it. Makes sense. Okay, I will check that out. Maybe that'll be a good background for a party too. (laughs) Bunch of uh, 90s Australian people talking about um, doing it. Um, What's the Australian slang for woman I forgot? Oh, Sheila. Sheila, Sheila, yeah. Bunch of Sheila's talking about leather. Yeah. Sorry, that's my Australian accent. Anyway, um, you can find me as usual as Lost Turntable on everything. Um, that'll be it for this episode of Cinema Olivia. I'll be back again in two weeks with another one, and probably a movie with a plot. So more to discuss. Until then, take care. See ya. Sacrifice.